0: This week on the sport flux.
1: This week, the NBA playoffs are nearly here. That lousy stand rule continues to frustrate in the AFL. A nod to Jackie Robinson in all- baseball this week in sports, and very different punishments for a pair of pitch invaders.
0: Ah oh, yes indeed chewie, let's go. it's eight forty four on Wednesday, the thirteenth of April twenty twenty two. Hey, you going? All yeah, right.
1: Mate, it's, yeah? it's nearly the weekend. It's basically Thursday today. It's, oh, it's nearly Easter. Oh, I can't
0: wait. Just you and me this week, Shui. Obviously, we've had a pretty jam-packed schedule with guests. Please do go back and listen to... I think both episodes are still worth listening to. Absolutely. Obviously, episode 95 with Alex is a little bit in the past now, but a lot of the stuff we talked about wasn't super time-sensitive, was it? No. so, And they were rollicking fun and good entertainment. And then Jackson last week, and I'll tell you what, Alex was a very hard act to follow, but Jackson. Just a very impressive young man, mature beyond his years. Just great to have him on the program as well last week. My but... daughter's
1: bringing someone like him home. I'll be very happy.
0: <laughs> there you go. Maybe not him specifically. <laughs> yeah, decent yeah. old not age Not yet. Like De- in, decent in, age in, kid, in, yeah. in 15 years. <laughs> as we know at the top every week, what we'll caught your attention? What'd you miss?
1: So much this week. What a crazy week of sport. When is it? Well, that's a very good question. <laughs> So I wanted to start off with a couple of firsts from some very, very impressive females in sport. We had Alyssa Nakin take over as first base coach for the uh, the San Francisco Giants in the Major League Baseball, becoming the first female to coach on the field, which is really impressive. We also had Kelsey Whitmore, the 23-year-old who signed with the Staten Island Ferry Hawks in the Atlantic League. She actually came on and pitched and struck out the first batter she faced,
0: which very nice. Is
1: really impressive. Indeed. Quick shout out to Scotty Scheffler who took out the U.S. Masters at Augusta over the weekend. Three shots clear of Rory McIlroy. He had Aussie Cam Smith, who was right in contention, but like so many others...
0: That horrible 12th the hole. 12th
1: hole. Yeah. So many players. It's a graveyard, isn't it? it? It is. It is. You you find the front edge of that green. It rolls back into the water every time.
0: Where dreams go to die.
1: Absolutely. Great to see Tiger Woods back as well, as sore as he probably finished up after his fourth round. It was just nice to see him back out on the course.
0: Did his return detract from Scotty's win a bit? Absolutely. It it's did. a shame, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: There was a thing doing the rounds on Twitter basically saying that they actually went away from players who were putting in
0: contention. Yeah. In yeah. contention
1: putting to watch tiger eating a sandwich.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, come on. Yeah.
1: Big real. And just quickly, we do have to laugh at Bryson DeChambeau. He said, and I quote Augusta's a par 67 for me instead of a 72. Cause he's obviously so long off the tee. He finished 12 over par and missed the cut by a fucking mile.
0: <laughs> well, pride cometh before a fall.
1: He was actually beaten. Get this by Fred couples who's 62 years old. Larry Myers, who is 63, and Bernard Langer, who is 64. Mm. Not a good week.
0: Well, it's not all about power, is it, Bryce? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. no, no. Maybe
0: he needs to rename those clubs to something funnier. Ooh. Remember when we looked yeah, at it, no, they no, like, no, oh, no, they're no, not no. actually that good. No, we, we, yeah, I think <laughs> we'll hopeful.
1: could be something for us to do some homework. <laughs> yeah. But what I wanted to kind of focus on was the really difficult subject of pitch invaders. So... Look, they're obviously never a good idea. Aside from after a bloke kicking a 1,000 goals, fair enough. <laughs>
0: yes. But yes.
1: we saw two very, very horrible events over last weekend's rugby that I'm really
0: torn on, I have to say. I know what you're saying. Mm. Yep, I know where you're going with this. So the first
1: one's from the Cronulla Sharks and West Tigers game. A guy named Andy George, he's a member of a protest group called Fireproof Australia. He's run out onto the pitch with a lit flare to, quote, defy authority when authority needs to be defied. Now, he gets fined $440 and charged with entering enclosed land without lawful excuse, been sentenced to three months jail. Now, look, I'm not usually a big fan of protests. I don't think they're necessarily all required, but uh, I think this is a really good cause. He's talking about rehousing victims of the floods and the bushfires, making places like schools and aged care and disability facilities fireproof and smokeproof. Oh,
0: and and there's no coincidence that he picked the Cronulla Sharks, ScoMo's favourite team. Yes. That, was, that would have been a calculated decision.
1: Absolutely. He
0: is sending a message to our Prime Minister for as long as he may be our Prime Minister. Yeah.
1: But he's copped a three-month sentence because of the fact that there's a new law in New South Wales about this sort of stuff. Now, if you flip over the following night to the Gold Coast Titans and Parramatta Eels game from the Gold Coast, Javon Johansson decided to tick off a bucket list item. She's kept her bra on but wandered out onto the field, had a bit of a run around, but she was absolutely poleaxed by
0: by one of the security guards. Oh, an NFL linebacker's coach would be proud. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, And he's, he's actually lifted her up in the tackle, slammed her to the ground. Now, Johansson's come out and said, fair play. She grew up playing rugby, footy, had brothers. She's used to that sort of thing.
0: I was amazed at her nonchalance over it, actually, because it did not look good, did oh, it? It Christ, looked terrifying. If that
1: was you or I that got yeah. it, we wouldn't get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're not built for tackles. So it's not great. But, you know, she said she got what she deserved and yep. she, she copped it on the chin. But with that one in particular, I'm kind of looking at it going, well, what if she hadn't been okay? What if she'd hit her head on the turf and got concussion? What if she'd blacked out and never woken
0: up? I don't think the tackle was necessary. I no. thought it was excessive. He could clearly tell she was a female. I, I thought it was too much. Yeah. They, they could have stopped her without, without that. He could have literally
1: taken one step in, wrapped his arms around her and walked her off the field. That's yep. all you need to do. Yep. And so, yeah, this sort of thing. And the other thing as well, we live in a society where we're constantly talking about, and as men, we're constantly being told, violence against women is not okay. That is exactly what that is. That yeah, constitutes yep. violence against women. Yep. It's not necessary, and quite frankly, it shouldn't go unpunished.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting one. That one. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think I think her reaction will probably dampen some of the response. But if if she'd had whiplash or worse, like you say, the the conversation could be very different. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And so linking the two together, Johansson cops likely a ten thousand dollar fine, a lifetime ban. The other guy gets a criminal record and gets to spend three months in jail for essentially doing pretty much the same thing.
0: I think the flair adds a level of danger to his one that makes it worse, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah look, different yeah. jurisdictions, and different it, laws, different yeah. states. That's how that's how it is.
1: And it's just it's interesting though that there's such a a vast difference between the two states.
0: Yep. Well, we all have different criminal codes. Yeah. So, right. No. Yeah. But
1: it, it, it just highlights that particular part of our society that we live in. And okay, yeah, for this guy, it wasn't his first public demonstration. It does seem a little bit heavy-handed though. That's all. And and look, I don't know. Maybe he's been fine before. He's not getting the message. It's hard to know.
0: Again, I think the flair adds an element of danger that maybe makes that worse than if he had run on the field with a sign, for example.
1: Look, he had style. He had a flair. He was there.
0: (laughs) It's another nanny pick.
1: And now he's down in the slammer.
0: Yeah. Yep. It's true.
1: Now, just quickly before I pass over to you, mate, I did see something that you had actually never seen before in the NFL.
0: Well, I didn't remember it. It's possible I've heard Tony Kornheiser talk about it or something on PTI a decade ago. Your reaction said you. Yeah, oh, look, I, don't, I <laughs> certainly don't recall it. It's a
1: very unusual one. So there's a video of the barefoot kicker in the 1970s and 80s. This guy named Tony Franklin from the Philadelphia Eagles in particular made 177 field goals in his career, not wearing a shoe on his kicking foot. Insane.
0: It is insane. I mean, I've tried to kick a footy barefoot and nearly broken my foot. Mm. So, my God. And to be doing that in the snow. And kicking 60 yards plus. Yeah, we kicked a 65-yarder like, in oh, college. Oh, man. Yeah, that's nuts. It's that's absolutely ridiculous. nuts. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Isn't it Justin? <laughs> And the snow.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. How about yourself, mate? Well, so much. So much. And I know we've got a lot this week, so I'll, I'll try and be quick. A lot of NFL stuff too, funnily enough. So... First of all, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Unfortunately, the young quarterback has passed away. He had played for Washington, was on the Pittsburgh roster. Unfortunately, he is no longer with us. I think there's more to come out of that story. He was walking on a highway. It's all a little bit funny. So yeah,
1: read that part.
0: Adam Schefter got in trouble for, I guess reporting the news and mentioning that he maybe didn't have a great career and everyone was like well he's dead mate do you really need to add that detail Mm. in and he deleted the tweet but of course people had screenshotted it the
1: damage is done the
0: damage is done and we will talk about kind of breaking news in social media a little bit more when we get to the NBA as well the other one is really Mm. interesting so Today, I noticed on Twitter an article by Ben Volan in, in a part of the Boston Globe, a secret plan, a bombshell lawsuit, and a soccer match inside Tom Brady's unretirement. Now, turns out he actually planned on coming back for the Miami Dolphins, if this is true.
1: I'd heard, I actually had heard. Yeah. That, yeah.
0: And basically, there was this, it's quite an interesting story, and we don't have time to go into it. But the idea was that he'd collaborate with Sean Payton in Miami, which was, of course, the division where he'd. Play his old new england patriots twice a season a team he tormented as a patriot of course funnily enough at the quiz last week i spoke to a girl from boston who's like we fucking hate tom brady like i was surprised and because because he didn't thank them initially remember Mm, when we talked about it and i talked about how it turned out to be this kind of narcissistic kind of planned thing where he could make himself the news every single week and i said that to her and she said no no i don't care he should have thanked us first Absolutely. Before Tampa Bay. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, how
1: many years was he in
0: Tampa? Well, exactly. Two? Two. And given this news, he didn't intend on returning. So even more of a reason to leave Tampa to the end. So, yeah, this is fascinating. Basically what scuttled it is the Brian Flores lawsuit where he brings in kind of the racism and the intentional tanking. And so it's a fascinating story. It's fairly new. There's more to come out of it. And and it's something that we'll maybe get a chance to look at in the future. The other one now this is a bit of a this is a bit bit of a funny I saw on Twitter so Melissa Haas on Twitter My cousin tapped on the window of a random car to ask for directions and it turned out to be Lando Norris driving himself home from the Osgp in a Hyundai <laughs> After the <laughs> F1. What do the odds say? I think the Hyundai is an interesting Yeah, game. it is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So there you go. What'd you miss, mate? Well, I missed the Port Adelaide and
1: Melbourne game on Thursday night, disappointingly. And, and not because it was a good game. Obviously, it was in quite the opposite, in fact. But any chance to watch the benchmark of the AFL play right now is very much worth taking. Unfortunately, Didn't quite pan out that way because of work and a few other bits and pieces, but that's probably the one I'm most disappointed about missing.
0: about yourself? Yeah, I'm with you there. It's the least AFL I've watched this season so far. Definitely would have liked to have watched that one, but just didn't get there. I saw a bit, but yeah, it's just, and look, you and I are both mad basketball fans. Our first love with the NBA playoffs starting in a couple of days, with the NBL playoffs starting in a couple of weeks... We're going to be very basketball focused. We'll still talk about the footy and we'll watch the footy, but maybe not as much over the next month or so. But yeah, you can only cover so much. You can. And then the other one. So in the, what are you apt for? I mentioned the NBA 75 game between the Nets and the Knicks and I turned it on and it was normal. And then I found out that they'd done it in black and white and had the old scoreboard and had all that. And it was advertised on our ESPN. So I don't know, maybe it was shown at another time, but the live broadcast that I taped was the normal colour, just... Run of the mill, so I didn't bother watching.
1: I have a major issue with this, and I really want to tee off on
0: this. Go, please.
1: So they choose this game between the New York Knickerbockers, which I thought was kind of cool that they called them that instead of just the Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. And I was thinking about this, and I was sort of wondering why they chose that game. The Nets, or the New Jersey Americans, as they kind of were known when they came into the league.
0: Are you going to talk about the Toronto Huskies here?
1: I I will get to that, Yeah, yeah. So they didn't form until 1967. Yeah, 20 years after the NBA began, and they were in the ABA until 1977. So yep. they've only actually been in the league for 45 years. If you want that 75th anniversary game, yeah, you choose teams that were around for the first season and you retro it up. The Celtics, the Knicks—they haven't changed their name since they joined the league. No,
0: were you they were in? The, was it? The, were they the first game against the Toronto Huskies? The, the Knicks and the Huskies was the first. Game. Yeah, so that would so, have been an
1: obvious. They're in the same conference they Uh, play each other four times exactly ideally yeah that was part of the list that i had so you've got the washington capitals so you can play them as as the wizards Wizards. yeah toronto huskies you can play them as the raptors yep chicago stags as the bulls Bulls, yep cleveland rebels the detroit falcons and the philadelphia you're right
0: there's a dozen nearly a dozen okay there's nine yeah. If you yeah. include
1: the Philadelphia so So, Philadelphia. so many different yeah. better choices. That's it. Philadelphia Warriors, you could do that as Golden State or Philly.
0: Yeah. Then exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pick your poison. Yeah. Or you could have a three way game. Philadelphia, on that court Philadelphia
1: versus the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> three yeah. way game would be yeah. pretty cool. Triangular. <laughs> do you remember that
0: three way game of cricket they tried to play in South oh, Africa my God. a couple of years ago? <laughs> <Far out>. Honestly. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. No, that, that is disappointing then, too. But Good there's, point. But there's more. I was just thinking about the. Bro- oh, there's, there's more. more okay tim sure this
1: brings me yeah yeah steak knives. Stake knives are coming out so yeah. the next issue i've got neither team was wearing retro jerseys
0: yes yes that's the one time it would make like, sense
1: how hard is it to organize yeah, a set yeah. of retro jerseys there, there are so many different ones there. well there's too many yeah
0: like and the, yeah the, that's,
1: the court wasn't retro yeah either.
0: Yeah, like, yeah lay
1: down a freaking decal it's not hard
0: that, talk about blowing it yeah like, they screw the pooch on this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, cool. They broadcast the game in black and white. What a major effort that would have taken. Well, Switch. they showed
0: old highlights. And st- I'm sure it still would have been a good and interesting. I'm just so disappointed that we got the normal one. We didn't get the retro one. It's,
1: like, I'm sorry, but the NBA really could have done a lot better with this one.
0: And in fairness, they've done a lot of good with the NBA at 75. Yeah. But there's two blots. There's the 76 players on the 75 list is a fucking joke. And this is pretty poor too. Do
1: you know how long it took me to come up with those objections? Three minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and you've got countless guys. Well, I don't. I'm sorry.
0: That just. Yeah, no. Fair enough. Not good enough. I share your concerns. Mm. So chewy, jam packed NBA this week. We won't dwell on this too much. But normally I'd ask you questions like oh, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, etc. But I know the answer to all those questions. It's the LA Lakers. No. 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 What? Yeah, it's Lakers. Yeah, of course. Six and eighteen after the All Star break. Even Orlando had a better record after the All Star break. And this is with a playoff spot on the line as well. It's
1: the Mo Bamba effect.
0: Oh, very disappointing. So I guess we'll talk very quickly about the coach sackings. We can talk more about the Lakers later. Jay Williams referred to it as the most disappointing season in pro sport history.
1: It would be let alone basketball. Pro (laughs)
0: sports.
1: The the thing is I think it was
0: Jay Williams. Yeah, someone on get up.
1: It's I mean, it's hard. There's a couple of things that you've got to look at there. So Anthony Davis missed more than half the season. He missed 42 games. Yep. LeBron James missed 26 games and Russell Westbrook played 78. (laughs) So you've got all of that stuff going against you. They had more starting lineups than wins this season. Wow. That that tells the story of how horribly disjointed this season was for them. And look, okay, LeBron played at a phenomenal level. He nearly led the league in scoring. But he's 37. Yeah. You can't single-handedly carry. He can score a lot of points, but he can't drag teams to victories the way that he used to.
0: Again, I've alluded to this in the past. The Lakers' best move is to trade LeBron. They're not going to do it. No. They wouldn't dare do it. But that's actually their best play here.
1: Yeah, they'll trade Because Westbrook. they're fucked. They have... Well, no,
0: no one. Who's going to take Westbrook? Who... Mm. Well, I say this every time, and yeah. someone does. Someone does. Yeah. Well, it's like John Wall's played 40 games since he signed the Supermax. Mm. Three seasons worth. Yeah. This season he was healthy. He didn't play one game.
1: I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Dirk Nowitzki's played more games in the last five years than John Wall. Yeah,
0: it's nuts. So, Absolutely nuts. It's what do you make of, of so? Okay, first of all, can LeBron be the goat if everyone else is a scapegoat? That's more of a rhetorical. <laughs> that's more of a rhetorical question. It's <laughs> good, I like that. But but the Frank Vogel news. So Woj broke it like basically as the siren sounded at the end of the game. And yeah, this is a scheduled tweet, but basically, basically, so what did you like, what did you make of that? Cause there's been a lot of discussion about that and everyone seems to have a different opinion. So it's really interesting.
1: I mean, it's disappointing, obviously, first of all, for a guy to find out that he's lost his job from social media before it's even been spoken about with his current employer is incredibly disappointing.
0: And what was his quote? Like, I don't know shit. I don't know oh, shit. I haven't yeah. heard shit or something.
1: Yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. basically tells me that I've found out on social media. Yeah. Rather than, yeah. yeah. It, look, it's disappointing. Is there a way to stop it? No. Because we all know that Woj and all the other guys at ESPN, they all want to have that scoop. Well,
0: it's not even just ESPN though. It's it's journalism. Well,
1: journalism in general, yeah. yeah. I mean, ESPN leads the way with that sort of stuff with those sorts of scoops. I mean, there's there's a number of them that do it. Yeah, yeah. So, And, and it's all about who can get there first. So, yeah. look... It was a shit show. It kind of sums up the Lakers season perfectly, really, Mm. when you think about it. And look, again, I'll leave this with a stat. The Lakers have now missed the playoffs in seven of the last nine years. Between 1948 and 2013, they only missed five times. Wow. There you go.
0: Well, I've got two things here. One, everyone knew this was happening. Of course. Everyone knew he was going to be the scapegoat. So it's maybe the one time you don't need to be first. Woj maybe didn't need to go there. I can understand with a trade you want to be first. Yeah, This one wasn't necessary. But interestingly, does it make Frank Vogel a sympathetic character? Because now everyone feels sorry for him and it might actually help him going forward. Like, oh, mate, you got screwed by the Lakers, you poor bastard. Does anyone want this job? It is a poison chalice, I reckon, just about.
1: Well, I guess quickly going back to Vogel, he'll land on his feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. the, The stuff that he did in Indiana is enough to tell people that he is a good coach. And he won a
0: championship in the bubble. Yeah, So he'll be fine.
1: He did. I think he's very much a victim of circumstance. But yes, you're right. I mean, who would want that job? It's pretty much one of these ones where you just have to say, look, LeBron, who do you want? As much as it sucks, that's the way it's going to go.
0: So the talk is Nick Nurse. I think he would be absolutely mad to go there. Absolutely. Absolutely mad. Anyway, we've got plenty of time to talk about that in the offseason. Brett Brown. Well, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? That'd be be very interesting. Um, I don't think it will happen, but... Dr. Adrian Hurley. Well, I've heard one of your ones, Sam Cassell. So it'd be yeah. nice if he... Yeah. I think it was Michael Wilbon suggested him. Cassell. So it'd be nice if Cassell finally got that head coach gig. That
1: would be. Awesome. Anyway, again,
0: anyway. plenty of other things to talk about. We'll come back to that. I guess just to kind of draw a line under the teams that aren't still in it, the Kings have fired Alvin Gentry... Yeah, 30 and 52, missed the playoffs for the 16th
1: consecutive season. Wow. I would personally have liked to see him get a full season with Demata Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell. But again, you can only really play the cards you dealt. And obviously the Kings management didn't think that was good enough. So out he goes.
0: I might take this opportunity to do some trivia without notice. So you've talked about a team that never makes the playoffs. Do you know the team with the current active playoff streak?
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) That's... That's one I haven't even really thought about
0: God. it's an interesting one I, I I don't even it's it's hard for me to even guess what I would say because I know the answer I
1: mean I'm probably gonna say Memphis if you're saying that no they've had a couple of really bad seasons before Morant obviously not
0: I I might have said Miami yeah I would have said Miami but did before. they miss one before Jimmy anyway well the answer is the LA Clippers 11 straight seasons oh yeah of course so oh, wow. yeah well that's in jeopardy yes it is <laughs> yes what well, should we get there? Yeah. So the plans are done for the seven, eight. So we've worked out who our sevens are. Where do we start? Do you want to start east Will or we west? start
1: by me actually saying to my boss on the phone today, I actually brought up your little theory about how this is the worst for the number one seeds. Yet again, the only two teams that don't know who they're playing right now in the first round are the one seeds. Yep. Ridiculous.
0: The Suns have the 17th. I think it's the 17th. It's definitely top 20, highest record of all time in NBA history. And their reward, okay, yes, they have home court, but their reward is finding out their opponent less than two days before game one. Yep. If ever there's a chance to steal one and therefore steal home court advantage. Now, do we- I think any of those teams are beating Phoenix? No, I don't. No. But it's still not very fair. It's not. Yeah. Anyway, you actually got to see some. I, I did. didn't get to see any, unfortunately, because I was working. I watched tonight and tomorrow. Where do you want to start? start well, I'll start, throw to you.
1: Start in the ace, mate. No surprise at all that Brooklyn beat Cleveland. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, 59 points and 23 assists between them. Cleveland are not quite ready, and maybe not having Jarrett Allen on the floor is a slightly bigger deal than, oh, huge. <laughs> than a lot of people. Well, like. and
0: and no Ricky Rubio, no... No Colin Sexton. No Colin Sexton. That's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, so there, there's some big outs for the Cleveland Cavaliers. No Dean
1: Wade. <laughs> huge. So, yeah, look, I didn't see all of the game. I kind of got to see a decent amount of the second half, but it just showed a really great formula for winning games for Brooklyn. If teams are going to double Kyrie or KD up high, Bruce Brown flashes to the free throw line, and then you're playing two on three. He basically has to react to the defense. He's either throwing a lob to a Nick Claxton or an Andre Drummond, or he's kicking out to Seth Curry and Patty Mills. Pick your poison. I mean, this, you're big
0: on these nets, aren't you?
1: I, I really am. I'm really big on them. I mean, I just look at it and I say, again, this is another team that has been ravaged by injury all season and they've got all the pieces that they need. And shit, if Ben Simmons somehow finds a way back onto the court, he might actually be bad for their chemistry.
0: Oh, I think defensively they need him. I I, I don't think they can win without him because their defense has been the Achilles heel of that team. And defense is harder to switch on at the flick of a switch than offense is, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree with I, that. I
0: think integrating him for the start of the playoffs is a really tricky oh, proposition, horrible. but I think it's still, you'd still rather have him than not have him. Yeah. And I think that slowly but surely he can fit into that Draymond Green role. I, 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 yeah. Speaking of, of Woj, he's actually reported that Simmons could be back as early as next week. Okay. So. That could even be game one, even actually.
1: More likely probably the
0: weekend, I think, of the game ones. So yeah, maybe game, game two, maybe game two. Two
1: or three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so that's that's still, huge.
1: Still huge, yeah. Yeah.
0: On the other side, Minnesota survived a scare against the Clippers, even with towns having a what seemed to be a really shocking game and failing out with what seven minutes left or something? Yep. It's so a lot of time.
1: Yeah, but Jesus, that game has got me hyped for the playoffs. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, I was just messaging you and the Throwback Hoops boys, shout out to Woody and Robbie, that I was starting to feel really excited about the playoffs. Like yesterday, it started to hit me, you know? I'm like, oh, we're close now. We're really close. But it sucks because you've got
1: to get excited about the play-ins as well. Well, you you know, it's, yeah. But no, look, this was a hell of a game. The atmosphere in Minnesota, that is probably the most intense I've seen of a, say, playoff crowd in inverted commas, obviously play-in. But yeah, I mean, the Wolves got one first quarter point out of Cat and D'Angelo Russell combined.
0: Well, Cat didn't have a point to half time. Hmm. Yeah.
1: But they got one point in the first quarter out of there. And
0: yeah. that's interesting because I heard Russell actually played quite well in the end. I so. oh, he did. He yeah. did.
1: After quarter time, he, he was absolutely, I think he had 28 after quarter time. You had Anthony Edwards, who showed out really well in the first quarter, and Pat Beverly. I mean, love him or hate him, he's insanely good defensively. Oh, bad. yeah. Like, yeah. It, well, that's why they got him. It cannot be understated, though. Like, do you want to know how, you know, that he wanted that more than anyone else?
0: His reaction afterwards.
1: <laughs> well, that's one thing. That's
0: got a lot of attention.
1: He, he had a game high 11 rebounds in that game. Yeah. Right. Wow. He just wanted it more yep. than everyone yep. else. And yeah, come crunch time, you know, he's, he's D and one-on-one up against Reggie Jackson and yeah, switching on to Paul George, these sorts of guys, man, no one could really do anything with him. He's that good. So yeah, look, this, this team gets after it defensively. They're, they're going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun in these playoffs.
0: So they've punched their ticket for only the second time in the last decade and only the eighth time in their entire history, I believe. Wow. So so that's that's great news. Because I was a bit worried that they might fall out. And, and oh, look, it's maybe not the end of the world. I think that would have given them a lot of hunger over the over the off-season. But they did win 46 games. They should be there.
1: Absolutely, they should. Yeah. On the flip side, someone that shouldn't be there, how about old mate Glue Girl? Did you see that? <laughs> Absolute Do you know what moron. she was protesting? Uh, Animal rights. Yeah, 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 that's right. So yeah. that was
0: glue that was probably made out of a horse. Yes. like
1: It was arts and crafts <laughs> glue. It's never going to stick to the court, you moron. Seriously.
0: <laughs> oh, glue girl. Yes, yes. Yeah, you beat me to the punch because I was going to say, oh, who are your favourite glue guys in the playoffs? And then that was going <laughs> to be my leader. Yeah. I saw
1: a tweet that somebody put out that said, glue game is greater than flu game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, so, Timberwolves fans will think so. Oh, it's yeah, so good. Yeah, glue game. Oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. magnificent. <laughs>
1: ah, but no, look, well done, honestly. Well done to the Timberwolves. And again, like, guys like Jared Vanderbilt, guys like Jaden McDaniels, like, they're so much fun. I cannot wait to see them in the first round.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. No, them versus Memphis. Oh, That's a fantastic match. So matchup. much fun. And we'll do our pick shortly. We will. So we'll talk about, so the loser will then play the winner of tomorrow's games. And... It will be Spurs and the Pelicans. Now, when we talked with Alex in episode 95, I went on about the Spurs. I didn't think the Spurs would make the playoffs. I need to make that clear because you could be forgiven for thinking that's what I was saying. I was just bloody annoyed that we're in 10th spot for yet another season. (laughs) So I knew we were making the play in. I don't think the Spurs will make the playoffs. I think that they'll probably lose to the Pelicans and probably the clippers will then beat the pelicans. Nah. I don't know. Nah,
1: Spurs, Spurs will win the championship from there. I I give
0: us a chance against the pelicans. I wouldn't be surprised if we beat the pelicans. Yeah, I think, oh, but yeah, I don't I, th- I don't see us beating the I clippers. I think you
1: beat the pelicans and lose to the clippers. Yeah, I, I wouldn't
0: be surprised at all and I'll be rooting for the Spurs now that they're in. Hmm. But uh yeah, yeah. Then on the other side, Atlanta and Charlotte is a very interesting proposition, although again injuries are going to affect it a little.
1: Yeah, I still think Atlanta, they've got the experience. I'm just not sure that Charlotte's ready just yet. Still could be a hell of a game, but you just worry. I mean, you think back to last season's play-in and the Charlotte versus Indiana game yeah. Was yeah. Over by yeah. basically halftime. Yeah. Just hope that it's not a repeat of that. Yeah. But look, Cleveland versus Atlanta, if that's what it ends up as, will be very fun.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, very much so. So let's let's do some predictions. We know most of the series. Obviously, we don't know that one V8, but we can predict the ones in that one anyway. The bracket was so tight in the East that numbers one through ten were only separated by ten games, and according to ESPN Stats and Info, that's the closest for any conference since the NBA-ABA merger in seventy six seventy seven. So that's I, I, that's
1: in, yeah, that is insane. Not
0: quite the same in the West, but that's that's the East. So let's talk about the East first.
1: All right. So look, the one eight, Miami versus Cleveland, Atlanta or Charlotte. Who you got?
0: It's tricky, isn't it? So I think. Cleveland and Atlanta would put up more of a fight. I, I I just, I can't see Charlotte winning these both games. I really can't. I, I think my gut kind of says Cleveland, actually. Okay. To make it. Okay. But I would I would probably pick Miami in, I'll say six. Ooh. Whether it's Atlanta or Cleveland. Okay. i yep.
1: I got Atlanta, Cleveland losing in five. And if Charlotte gets through, I've got a sweep. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami's not dropping a game for Charlotte. I agree well, with that's that. That's
1: interesting. You give them two games, though, against.
0: Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, look. Winning on the road, I don't know.
1: Atlanta, I could kind of see potentially yeah. getting to six, but yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, more. I was was more thinking Atlanta, but but I think it, yeah, I think Cleveland might get. I mean, no, John Collins is a big out. True. So yeah, no, that's going to be very interesting. Mm. But but I do think Miami will get through yeah. regardless. Yeah. yeah and and look, they're really flying under the radar. They're not getting enough cred. No, absolutely not. And they're probably very happy with that. They're probably happily just ticking along while everyone talks about everyone yeah. but them. Everyone's forgot we're the number one seed. Yeah. Whoops. The playoffs are a completely different beast. It is about matchups and it it would actually be, we should, we might have to go back and look at how often number one seeds have actually won the championship because it's probably not all that often. Mm, True. But home court throughout the playoffs. It's huge. uh, Up to the finals. If they met the Suns, of course. Yes. Very true. Now, Boston, Brooklyn, probably the most mouthwatering.
1: Toss a coin basically. Yeah. Oh, this is tough. It is tough. I mean, home court for Boston is huge. Their crowd is phenomenal. Defensively, Boston are an absolute beast of a unit. Tatum and Brown, probably two of the most talented scorers in the entire world. But Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. Yes. And Kyrie Irving is still Kyrie Irving. And I would take those two over Tatum and Brown at the drop of a hat. To me, I think this series just comes down to the secondary guys. It's whether a Seth Curry or a Patty Mills combo or a Marcus Smart, Derek White combo kind of shows up more and which one of those two combos kind of is more productive throughout the series is probably likely to be the team that wins. But for me, the big, big thing is Robert Williams. not playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's huge.
1: And for that reason, I'm picking Brooklyn in six.
0: Oh, it's so tough because I really, I don't want to disrespect Boston. They did a tremendous job to get into the number two seed in the end, but the Robert Williams injury does worry me now integrating Ben Simmons worries me a bit too. And the Nets' defense worries me. I kind of... all right, I want to take Brooklyn in seven, with Durant going absolutely ballistic in game seven in Boston. Like
1: 53 or something? Yeah,
0: like big. Yeah, 50 probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: No, that's 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 definitely fair enough. I mean, the thing is, we're talking like it's a chasm between these two teams. It's seven games. And you've got to remember that Kyrie didn't play most, well, that's right. most of the season. That's right. That's and right. That's right. James Harden was overweight before he got traded.
0: It's just oh, it's just such a shame that such a good team is in such a low seed, but it means that we're going to have a really gangbuster first round, hopefully. But
1: also, when you've got Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, and to a lesser extent, Toronto and Chicago all in the same conference, it's going to happen.
0: Yep. You
1: know, the Two of those teams have got to play each other. Oh, well. yeah, so yeah, 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 it's, yeah. So moving on to the three-seed Milwaukee playing the six-seed Chicago.
0: So Chicago's worry is that they've been really shit against good teams. So they finished the season 1-14 and 14 against the top four teams in the East. And that's the second worst winning percentage by a playoff team in the top four of their conference since 1984. Only the 2019-20 Orlando Magic went 0-14 oh, or worse. And they were not in...
1: Well, they were the eight seed.
0: Yeah, they, they, they were not going to do anything. Hmm. So, look, I don't think Chicago will do anything either. I think, unfortunately, they've hit a skid at the wrong time. I think the Alonso ball injury is huge. Yep. I'll give him 1. I'll pick Milwaukee in 5.
1: I think this whole season from them was actually derailed by that Grayson Allen flagrant against Alex Caruso. Oh, that broke his hand. Yeah, that, that yeah,
0: that's true. That's another important that defender.
1: Really screwed their momentum. So, I'm I'm with you. I look, I think this one is probably over in 5 as well. I'm going to take the Bucks in 6 just purely because of DeRozan. Yeah. And the way that he's been playing this yep. season. Yeah, well, why
0: he's been next level clutch. Like but- one of the top four clutch stats of all time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, I, I'm going to give Chicago two very reluctantly. If it's over in five or less, I won't be surprised.
0: Yep. Me neither. Now, this is mouthwatering too. Philly and Toronto. Now, I was really yeah. hoping for a Philly Brooklyn first round. It didn't happen in the end. Uh, they managed to to dodge them, but they were in fourth seed. And I'll tell you what, Toronto Raptors, no Matisse Thiebel. What like Aussies must be hated in Philly, Ben yeah. Simmons and now Matisse.
1: This was probably the worst matchup that Philly could have hoped for. You get the one team where there's basically a massive issue with this whole lack of. Was it the second jab? I don't know. Was it, it
0: was the second jab. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Why get the first if you're not going to get the second? It makes no sense.
0: Why? Well, you know what's interesting? So this, this, if Toronto get through, this could prove a problem in the second round for teams too. Like I heard, for example, that two very prominent Boston players aren't vaccinated. For example. Okay. So this could rear its head in future rounds, but we'll get through this round first. Yeah. Will they? That's the question.
1: Look, I, th- I mean, look, let's be real. Nobody can stop Embiid. He's, one, probably, He's probably one of the three most unstoppable players, and funnily enough, all three of them MVP candidates. Yeah. But Toronto actually took the season series 3-1, and Embiid played in three of those four games. So I guess the issue that they have on the flip side is that when Toronto plays against Philly, they really struggled to defend guys like Pascal Siakam. Boucher had some really good games against them as well as that backup centre. And
0: no Flyball, who would be his primary defender.
1: Exactly. For
0: away games. This is a major danger series for Philly. That, I could easily see them going out in the first round. I'm not saying they will.
1: Yeah, I think Philly in seven. Yeah. Personally,
0: I'll, I, I'll head, head in that direction too. I think. I think
1: if Thibault plays, it's probably over in five. Yeah, eight, yeah, six. It
0: changes things. Yeah, but
1: uh, yeah, I think it makes it a lot closer.
0: But yeah, geez, again, Aussies can't be popular in Philly at the moment.
1: No, <laughs> Well, and Brett Brown, as I said, like mentioned before, yeah, yeah with the was, Aussie connection. I mean, he's not. He's not an Aussie, but he was. No, an Aussie but he Aussie was here for right? a while. Yeah,
0: so yeah. In the West, Chewy, obviously, as we said, we don't know who the Phoenix opponent will be. Either way, we think they'll go through. They're trying to become the 15th team in league history to lose in the NBA finals and then win the championship the following season. The last team to do so was the Warriors in 2016-17, who, sorry. Don't remind me. Sorry, yes. They got Durant (laughs) and they beat Cleveland. There was obviously the Spurs in Miami, I think was probably the one before that. Yep. Does, okay. You've reminded yourself of Yeah, that. well, there you go. There you go. So equal up <laughs> equal opportunity. You've chopped onto your own stuff. That's right. Yeah, I have. I've played on. Now, do, like, is there any scenario in which Phoenix don't sweep? Uh,
1: yeah, I think there is. I think there is. If they get the Clippers, I can very much see... One game in LA. Yeah,
0: I can see the Clippers taking maybe a couple, actually. Yeah,
1: I think if it's the Spurs or the Pelicans, it's a sweep. I've got sort of Phoenix in 4.5. Yeah. Kind of hedging the bets. Yeah, think, it's like that. I think five against the Clippers and probably a sweep against the other two.
0: I'll do the same. I'll say I'll, I'll assume it's the Clippers and I'll say Phoenix in five, and maybe we revise those picks if we uh, if if that's not the case.
1: You watch Chris Paul do his hamstring in the first oh, game. Oh, that would have been good. And then the Clippers will win in five. That would
0: not be good. Oh, it would be horrible. But I, I didn't respect Phoenix enough last season. No, you really didn't. Did you? you
1: picked the Lakers to beat him. in the. I team. did,
0: and well, most people did. I know you didn't, yeah. but a lot of people did. Hang, uh,
1: on, hang on my hat on that one. Yeah, <laughs> no, we
0: got to. It's like I hang my hat on the Josh Giddey pick six. True. Uh, I respect them now. I I appreciate them. Uh, I'd still probably pick Milwaukee over them. But... You might get to eventually. I, I think there's a very... They've got the inside track. Well, here's the question. I'll ask it now. How many teams in the West can make the NBA Finals, realistically, do you think?
1: Phoenix definitely can. I think Golden State could.
0: That's my answer is two.
1: <sighs> Look... I, I would have said Dallas before, before the Doncic injury, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Utah and Denver, if the cards fall right, and again, all it takes is one injury.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, if of course. Yeah. Yeah. Chris
1: Paul, Devin Booker, Steph Curry's still not right. If he doesn't come up, th- there's a lot of these things that could very, very easily fall into, I guess, the right side for the likes of Utah, who are fully healthy as far as I'm aware. Denver, uh, no worse off than they were (laughs) at the start of the season. So I would say tentatively two and even more tentatively maybe three or four. What
0: do you reckon about the East?
1: The East is kind of a whole different ballgame. I think you could make a case for Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philly. So you could probably make a case for five of them.
0: I'll say, oh, I don't know about Philly. James Harden is so shit in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, but he's not that shit in the first round.
0: No, no, but we're talking about who can make it to the oh, finals. Oh, yeah, Good point. I, I, I reckon only four. I reckon Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee.
1: I'm just talking about teams that have the tools to actually get there, though. And, and oh, yeah,
0: Philly have the tools. On, but I, on yeah. paper, yes. And I, I yeah. yeah.
1: I know. I wouldn't put my house on it. Don't, don't no, get me wrong. No, But, yeah, if we're talking about teams that could make it, five probably for me, four and a bit maybe. Four, yeah. four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, we'll go
0: with that. Anyway, sorry, I jumped ahead there. So Memphis and Minnesota is that mouthwatering uh, matchup we talked about at the top of this segment.
1: Yeah, as fun as I made Minnesota out to be, I still think Memphis are too deep, regardless of the fact that they're so inexperienced.
0: Jaron Jackson Jr. is huge, massive. He's made a massive difference, and he's helped be the difference between a play-in surprise and a second seed. So I think I think Minnesota could upset them, but I don't think they will.
1: Look, for me, it's going to come down to a couple of things. So the Jar Morant and Pat Bev matchup is going to be oh, fascinating.
0: Mouth and you know Morant plays better in the playoffs too. Like he's a big game player. Absolutely. So that's going to be fun to watch.
1: And as you mentioned Jackson Jr. in towns I think will be a lot of fun. Josh Okogi, there's no guarantee that he'll play. So that's kind of a big he didn't play any minutes today. Right. So that's a that's a huge thing. And for me, I just think Memphis's bench is too deep. And for me, I've got Memphis in six. I don't want either team to lose. That's the
0: problem. No, well, I think both teams will be better for it. And they're on the they're on the way up. The Grizz- how's this? The Grizzlies average age is 24 and a four and a half, basically. Yeah, so months. Well, yeah. <laughs> so so they're the youngest team to finish with the top two records since minutes became official in 1951-52.
1: I think really the
0: only, the only
1: him. way to describe them, diaper dandies. Baby. Yeah, oh,
0: big time. Yeah, Dick Vitale, love them. Diaper dandies. I, I reckon ja Morant's good for at least one fifty this series. Ooh, okay. He's a big game player.
1: Hey, I'm down with that. I love. I ja. know you. I know I you're a massive fan.
0: Ja. I, I'll I'll take Memphis in. Oh, I want to say five. Ooh, okay. okay. Yeah.
1: I thought you were hovering between six and seven
0: there for a second. Well. I hope it goes. I'll say seven. six. I'll say six. I hope it goes seven personally. Oh yeah, I'd love to see. I hope they all go seven. I, I, I'll <laughs> say six. No, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not against. But, I'm
1: hey, not against it. Yeah,
0: um, it's I more to watch off. though, of
1: course. If it's like Miami Charlotte, I
0: hope that doesn't go seven. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, look, I, I watched every game from the second round onwards, last off, last playoffs. So I don't know if I'll be able to manage it again if they're all going seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's so far. See how we go. But uh, yeah. Golden state Denver is a very interesting one.
1: The most intriguing first-round matchup for me. Probably, maybe tied with Brooklyn and Boston. Certainly the most intriguing in the West.
0: Yeah, in this conference, yeah.
1: I want the Nuggets to win, but I guess it it just comes down to Steph Curry. Yeah. He has not been right since the whole Marcus Smart incident a few weeks back. If he can't go for games one and two, and he is questionable for those two, that's the Nuggets' chance to steal home court. Definitely. if, If they do then there's every possibility that Denver gets through this one.
0: How's this? So I read this on ESPN today. The Golden State Warriors big three, so Steph Curry, Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, they were on court together for 11 minutes this season. (laughs) The day that Klay Thompson came back, Draymond Green went down for two months with a back injury. And then the day that Green came back, Steph got the current injury he has now. So like, geez, at the wrong time. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I think that extends the series. If if they were full health, and given that I don't think Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. are nah, coming back,
1: I don't think so.
0: Pr- probably the whole playoffs, from what I hear, mm. but definitely not this round. I don't think, unless that's a card they're going to play, which would be great. Play the wrestling music and and <laughs> you know. and here comes Jamal, <laughs> yeah, Jamal Murray! Murray. Oh my God, he's holding a chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's been suspended now. <laughs> As long as there's no Morris Brothers around. <laughs> Luckily, it's Golden State.
1: I'll, I'll,
0: say, I'll say the Warriors in... I'll say in seven. I've got
1: Golden State in seven as I'll well. I'll say seven, yeah. But, I mean, again, if Curry doesn't play the first two, there's every possibility it's Denver in six.
0: Now, the next one is so hard to pick, Shuey, because... Uh, do you know much about the Luka Doncic injury?
1: Yeah. How Sh- bad is it? Oh, I mean, it's not great. It's not. It's a strained left calf.
0: Do we know... What, is he going to miss any time?
1: There is, quote, no timetable for his return. Yeah,
0: see, this is the problem. So he
1: could play game one, but he might not. Yeah, And he's probably going to be hobbled. And do you know the fucking stupidest part about this? It it's all Jason Kidd's fault. For some unknown reason, up 16 late in the third quarter of a game against the Spurs that ultimately means nothing, Doncic is on the floor.
0: It's like the Derek Rose. It's exactly. Thibodeau, yep.
1: Jason Kidd is Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> do you know the funniest thing, though? He wasn't even meant to play. He actually had a one game suspension.
0: That's right. For the text. They rescinded. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah, not uh, not great unfortunately. And realistically because of that, I've got the Jazz winning in 7. Yeah. Which annoys me because I don't really like Utah.
0: I I think Utah missed a bit of a golden opportunity this season. They're 22 and 23 in their last 45 games. Wow. And they blew 15 double digit leads. Wow. The Utah chokers. Listen to some of these teams at the Magic versus the Wizards, at the Pistons, at the Lakers twice. Mm. There's some really bad choky losses for, for the Utah Jazz. So I'll tell you what, if Luca was full health, I'd pick him in five, probably. Mm. But this one's really hard. I, I feel like Luca will still, I feel like he might have a bit in him. Oh I'll take Dallas in seven.
1: Okay, good.
0: We've we've Fire finally, leads the finally yeah. we've got
1: one that we disagree on. <laughs> oh dear. No, nah, look, it's. I, I hope you're right because I'm not a huge fan of Utah. I don't. I like Donovan Mitchell, but I don't really like the rest of the team. But yeah, I, I dare say, Mitchell goes ballistic. Royce O'Neill limits Doncic. Gobier gets like four blocks a game, and the Jazz move on. That's it's, yeah.
0: Look, it, there's, there's every possibility. Yeah. So look, we won't. Spend too much time on awards because we just don't have the time. We'll kind of smash through them quickly and then we can reflect on them as they're announced. Hmm. Who who have you got for MVP? We want to give you our tips so that it's on the record before it actually yeah. gets announced.
1: I mean, at the moment, obviously, it's a three-horse race. It's Giannis, Embiid or Jokic. I've got Jokic by a nose at this stage. I mean, you could make a pretty decent case for all three
0: of them. Oh, guys. definitely, definitely. But
1: I've got Jokic. Just quickly before you mention your pick, did you hear there was a Serbian forward who's declared for the draft named Nikola Jokic? I did. I really hope it's just Jokic wearing one of those mustache and glasses <laughs> combos. They're <laughs> you know, like the Groucho glasses.
0: Fuck, <laughs> oh, that'd be terrific. Uh, I think he's actually meant to be quite a good player. So, okay. yeah, I think so. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I've got Jokic. It's not going to be any surprise. I, he's my favorite player in the league. I bang on about him all the time. First time ever a player has had 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists ever. Second time in history to rank in the top 10 for all four categories in a single season, joining Russell Westbrook, who did it in 16 and 17. In March and April, 31.6, 13.7, 7.5 assists on 62.3% shooting. He really, I think, won the award in the last couple of months when it was very tight. Mm. I think I actually have Giannis second.
1: I I disagree. The reason very simple. The defence, but... Well, not even so much that. It's just Giannis has had way more help. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. So... Drew Holiday, 67 games. Chris Middleton, 66 games. And then if you look at Embiid, he basically had, what, no Ben Simmons, no very little bit of James Harden. Sorry, probably like 20 games, 21 games. Yeah,
0: no, that's fair. That's fair.
1: And they finished one game short of the two seed in the stack. Yeah, yeah. First center since Moses Malone in 81-82 to average 30 points a game. And the only center ever to average 30 points a game in less than 40 minutes. Yeah, okay. He had a pretty bloody good season.
0: Yeah, no, you're probably right. And obviously that's a big nod for Jokic as well, because Murray did not play a single game and Porter Jr. only played nine games. Yeah. He led the Nuggets in total points, rebounds and assists in each of the last five seasons. To put that in perspective, the next best is Wilt, James and Doncic with three. So yeah, superb player, all three in any season. And geez, you could extend it to Booker, there's, Jason, there's, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum as well has played out of his skin. A there, of guys. There's been several guys who have been absolutely fantastic. But for me, yeah.
1: So long story short, Jokic. 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 Yep. Defensive player of the year. Who you got?
0: Oh, I'd love to see Smart win it. Get it away from the big guys.
1: I can't give it to a flopper. I can't. <laughs> I just, I can't. <laughs> yeah. No, Jaron Jackson Jr. for me, uh, just led the league in blocks, block percentage, and total blocks. He. Has guys shooting twenty eight point two percent on ISO plays against him, like he's superb. You can make a case for Smart very much so. You can make a case for Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo. There's there's so many guys that you can go bare every season basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As I say, for me, like yeah, Smart, the leader of the best defensive team in the league. I just can't give it to a guy. Who I films. think yeah,
0: the record is why a lot of people might pick him. That that is a, a trickier one. It is sixth man, not so tricky. I think we both got Tyler Heroes. I mean,
1: he locked that in months
0: ago. Yeah. What, what's he averaging? Like twenty five and four or something? Or
1: yeah, it's about twenty five and five. I would say. Yeah. 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 So yeah, easily leading the league in guys coming off the bench for scoring. Jay Sean Tate actually had twenty two in his one bench appearance this season, so he's <laughs> uh, he technically led the league, but that doesn't count. But, shit, I mean, you could make a, a massive case and a shout-out to Bogdan Bogdanovich, Luke Kennard, Jordan Clarkson, Cam Johnson, Kevin Love. It's still
0: hero easily. But, well, they were number one seed.
1: But a lot of guys. Yeah. A lot of guys in that. Now, probably the hardest one of all for me, most improved player.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. So, for me, it's between Tyrese Maxey and Jordan Paul. Maxey did a superb job from basically being a, Bench scrub who didn't get many minutes at all last season to becoming Philly's starting point guard. As you said, no Ben Simmons, pretty big responsibility. Played superbly well, 17 points and a good amount of assists, too. Jordan Paul, well, big reason why Golden State finished where they did. I know you were skeptical no, of no, him heading into this season. And that's exactly
1: what I was about to <laughs> say. I'm, I'm always happy to put my hand up and say, I got that one wrong. And I, I, I love Jordan Paul's game. He's like the third splash brother, basically. Oh. Maybe the splash cousin.
0: Oh, okay. Although
1: DeMarcus' cousin's tried to be a splash brother. Yeah, so well, I... that's true. Mm.
0: Mm. Mm. Half brother. I think I'll go with Maxi by a nose because point guard and a bit less help on the team than Golden State. Oh, uh, Golden State did have their injuries. It was a very impressive season. Again, as you say, it's so hard. There's so many guys. Maxi by a nose. Maxi. The Maxiphone. I call the Maxiphone. <laughs>
1: See, it's so funny. I had two completely different players in mind. And again, you could make a case for Desmond Bain, Jar Morant, but for me, it's between DeJounte Murray and Anthony Simons. And maybe you just weren't trying to be a homer. I appreciate that. But for me, Murray went from being this really solid player to an all-star franchise player for the Spurs, led the league in steals, doubled his assist numbers practically. And then Simons' points went from 7.8 to 17.3 a game. He didn't lead the Blazers to any kind of team success, whereas the Spurs made the play in.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: I guess there's that, and that's why I gave it to Murray personally because I just think the team success that the Spurs had was probably a lot more than people were expecting after they traded away most of their good players.
0: Oh, and no one's put up those numbers before mm. ever with the two steals. Yeah. When you add the steals to his points, rebounds, and assists, so yeah, no, he'd he'd be a very good choice too. Yep. So many very difficult.
1: Absolutely. It, it'll
0: be really interesting to see how the voting comes out.
1: I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't I don't wait. think there'll
0: be a clear winner here. Nah, definitely not. Rookie of the Year? Oh, it's it's got to be Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I think so. I think the, the, the playoff, like Kate Cunningham, from all reports, has been excellent. I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen one Detroit game all season.
1: You're not missing much.
0: So... This one's a bit trickier for me to talk about because I'll talk about uh, so many fucking Lakers games on ESPN. Mm. ESPN kind of dictates what I see a lot. And often it's the better teams as well, obviously. It's the least amount of Spurs games I've probably ever seen in my entire life, actually, even going back to the 90s. But yeah, the playoffs, the two wayness. It's that
1: positionless basketball, the way that he sort of does more. I agree. I mean, Cunningham did have a great season. And when you consider the fact that their two main veteran guys Kelly Alinick and Jeremy Grant barely played all season. It is pretty impressive what Cunningham did. And Evan Mobley as well. He had a great season. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you could even make a, a small case. I think Josh Giddy will probably make first team or rookie. Oh league. yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah.
1: But I think yeah, Cunningham probably didn't have the pressure of the playoffs the way that Barnes did. And no. the way that he came in and contributed right from day one. Whereas I think Cunningham kind of worked his way into the season for me. I think that gives Barnes the, the nod.
0: Yep. Agreed. Coach of the year?
1: We're going to say the same thing. Taylor Jenkins just over Monty Williams. I mean, the the Suns' best team in the league, they ran away with it. They made the finals last year, though. Memphis won 56 games. Morant missed 25. Dylan Brooks missed 50.
0: Now, this is a tricky thing because there's no criteria, is there? But generally, this seems to be the award that goes to the guy that brought a team way past expectation. Yep. And that's why guys like Pop have... Has he ever won coach of the year? He's like the all-time winningest coach. Yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's often this scenario and that's why i have jenkins a nose ahead of williams as well because look it is very hard to back up after a a finals loss and do what they did and i'd be perfectly happy with monty williams winning it
1: Three time coach of the year three time okay well there you go 2003 12 and 14 okay well there you go but still yeah there was a number of guys you could put in there but I think those two are probably the, I guess, the runaway favourites. And I would give it to Jenkins.
0: 14's an interesting blueprint then, because that was the year after the Spurs were heartbroken. Mm. Now, granted, Phoenix didn't have the level of heartbreak, so they didn't have the Ray Allen corner three. They but had, they it, the, but, y- but, if form <laughs> follows, maybe Williams will win it.
1: had the Giannis Alleyoub, though. Yes. So just quickly before we move on, Nate, I just want to run you through something that I've kind of noticed. And Usually the last week of the season is horrible. Truth be told, I don't often pay attention to it but I'm starting to realize that it's like a much better version of summer league. Ah, league. Interesting. Yeah. Where Austin
0: Reeves can be Oscar Robertson, basically.
1: Well, this is it. And this is a perfect segue into what I'm going to talk about just quickly is some of these guys that are usually, you know, off the bench, maybe not playing huge minutes or are just complimentary pieces that are doing huge things. Austin Reeves, first undrafted rookie in NBA history with a 30 point triple double 31, 16 and 10 in that crazy win over the Nuggets. First Laker rookie with a 30-point triple-double since the logo, Jerry West. And the fourth rookie ever with a 30, 15, and 10, joining West, Oscar Robertson, and Blake Griffin.
0: There's that, there's that mention of Oscar Robertson. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. There you go.
1: Emmanuel quickly for the Knicks. 34 points, 10 boards, 12 assists. Same game that Obi Toppin had his second straight career high with 42 against Toronto, two nights after dropping 35 against Washington. Does New York move off Julius Randle and become the Obi Toppin Well, you
0: consider dangling him for trade because I don't know if he's worth the contract he's paid. No,
1: God no. Yeah. I'd be keeping Toppin
0: and making him the guy. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd be keeping Toppin regardless, but it's an interesting one. Mm. And and, and that is the benefit of late season is getting a good look at guys. Who do you want to keep? Who do you want to add to the rotation? Who do you want to dangle for trade? All that sort of stuff.
1: John Concha, guy who's been on the bench quite a lot. Still playing okay minutes for Memphis, but 17 points, 13 boards, 10 assists. Another shining light for that Memphis team that's just vastly overachieved. Did you see, though, they still had the triple-double watch-up after Conchard got his team? <laughs> Did they? No, yeah, I they stuffed that up royally. <laughs> and then a massive find for my thunder, Jalen Hoard. Most guys haven't even heard of him. No. Very small sample size. He played seven games this season for us, averaged 14.7 and 12, including a 24.21 rebound game against Portland and a 27.17 rebound game against the Lakers. Mm. Not bad for a guy who is 6 foot 8. No, that's
0: impressive. Yep. It's it's very hard to put OKC performances in context though when they're tanking so hard. True.
1: But someone's got to put the point. Oh out. yeah, yeah. Look, and he's they're uh, doing
0: themselves way. many favors as they potentially look for a new team or as I say try to get more minutes in a rotation next season, so.
1: And it's funny you mention that. The bottom four teams this season are the exact same bottom four yes, yes. as last season. OKC, yes, Houston, Detroit, and Orlando.
0: And jeez, they were tanking pretty hard at the end. Portland were tanking real hard Mm. at the
1: end. A few teams really pushed hard. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just a couple of other quick ones. We forgot to mention it in the Atlanta talk. Trey Young led the league in total points and assists. The second time that's ever happened. Tiny Archibald in 72-73. And can I say, he was fucking robbed of that MVP. Dave Cowens averaging 20 points and 16 rebounds. Good numbers.
0: Mm.
1: Archibald 34 points and 11 assists. Mm. He was robbed. Interesting. Just comes down to the record.
0: But now, whenever I think of Trey Young and I think about the plans and close your ears, Woody and Robbie, the regular season is boring or whatever that quote was. Like, well, if you weren't so fucking bored, you might be.
1: How you, many times are
0: you going to mention? That? Well, it's it's a pretty shitty attitude to be honest. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Trey Young actually. I think part of the bravado is what makes him probably able to do what he does. But it really is a double-edged sword. He's a, like, he's a villain. He is. And, he, you know, compared himself to Isaiah Thomas and thought he should be in the Olympic team after five minutes of success. Well, he's
1: and, a good comparison to Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics one.
0: Yeah, Isaiah had won championships and done all sorts of good things. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not saying Trey hasn't,
0: but might need to pay his dues a little bit more. Yep.
1: And then just quickly before we move on, Kevin Love. Jesus, did you see what he did in that finale against Milwaukee? 14 minutes, 43 of playing time, 32 points and 10 That's
0: outrageous. Isn't it ridiculous? Absolutely outrageous.
1: So yes, yeah, quite a fun, surprisingly fun, actually, last week of NBA. It
0: is, it is when you love a random stat. Just rounding out the NBA, so Bill Shonley has retired from the Portland Trailblazers. He was their first ever broadcaster and held the post for 28 seasons. He'd been with the team since 1970. Nickname Shones, he actually coined the phrase Rip City. Ah, nice. So he'll be enjoying retirement, I'm sure. That is a mammoth career.
1: Much better nickname than Cream City that Milwaukee has. Oh, dear Lord. Cream City and Sacktown.
0: So we'll absolutely race through the NBL. First things first, RIP Paul Kuiper. Yeah. Geez. Great character of the game. We we're a bit young to really probably appreciate him. He was in those Wildcats Late teams. 80s, yeah, yeah. And also played for Newcastle and Gold my, Coast. My memory of him is at the, oh, God. I want to say, like, 94 NBL All-Star game when it was Boomers versus Imports. He's just
1: running around with a microphone. Yeah, he was
0: basically doing the... Roaming Brian. He was Basically, he was kind of doing Romy Brian, but he looked a bit like Billy Brownless. <laughs> and and the, the, you and I still quote this. My brother still quote this. So he goes up to this little kid and he's like, who's your favourite player? And he's like... Number four. And he's like, oh, yeah, and who's number four?
1: Michael Jackson.
0: <laughs> and that's my resounding memory of Paul Kuyper. But anyway all accounts a great, great guy, very sad for his family, so our thoughts go out to anyone associated with Paul I'm Carver. sure he
1: would want us to remember, want everyone to remember him in that light, you know, making them laugh, making yeah, them smile, yeah, it's like Just
0: a good guy who, yeah, that's right, a bit of a larrikin, and and speaking of larrikins, Gilbert Gottfried today as well. Mm. The man who voiced Iago amongst other things, a good comedian. And so. that
1: stupid parrot from Aladdin. Yeah,
0: well, that is Yago. Oh, yes. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs>
1: Well, there you go. I'm clearly not a Disney guy, even with two daughters.
0: (laughs) Anyway, okay. So, well, Aladdin's the best one. Um, Toy Story's the best one. Nah, Aladdin. Definitely. Toy Story. Robin Williams.
1: Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs.
0: (laughs) As long as it's not Frozen.
1: Tangled. Oh, I've watched Frozen (laughs) like five times this week. Really? Yep.
0: Really? Yep. Jesus. Yep. Wow.
1: Um, Rest in peace, my brain.
0: The Stuart Fund for... Dads that have to watch shitty movies, uh, please <laughs> jump on Twitter at Sport sportblokes.gmail.com.
1: Don't give Nathan money for that.
0: So look, we don't really have much time for the NBL, do we? But not much has changed, has it really? Thank God.
1: No, I think really the status quo hasn't changed at all this week. Sydney and Lawara still on fire, still the form sides. Cannot wait for their upcoming match.
0: United is still Southeast Melbourne Phoenix's daddy. Absolutely. Again, yeah, the yeah. Phoenix had a chance and yeah, again you, they blew it.
1: I tell you what, though, how good would it have been if Saved Mumford's heave at the buzzer would have gone. Oh, it. that would have been impressive. That would have been huge. That would have been impressive. And then Perth still keeping Tassie and Phoenix at arm's length. So yeah. really, yeah. And have an Adelaide
0: team that couldn't even beat an underman Brisbane the other day. Yeah, well. Adelaide have been woeful lately. Oh, a lot of teams have. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, not a not an amazing week. I mean, look, the, the throwdown was not too bad. But... Oh, I
0: thought it was a good game. Go- that was it was the the one shining light of the round, yeah. really, or since we last recorded, yeah.
1: But once again, the ball is in the wrong hands in the final seconds of the game. Mitch Creek doesn't take a shot for the last three thirty-six of the game, and you've got Kyle Adnam taking the Was potential. That long,
0: yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's poor. It's terrible. Yeah.
1: So again, Kyle Adnam taking the shot. It's just like just get the ball yeah, to either. They're other not
0: M- executing down the stretch. Get it to
1: Creek. Get it to Mumford, and get the fuck out of the way. Yep. Simple basketball. Yep. Aside from that, we have had some good news. Nathan Sobey's had his bronze medal returned to him. That put a big smile on my face.
0: Yes, the league has returned to profitability, apparently. Larry Kestelman.
1: Very interesting numbers coming out of that. Which could open
0: the door for Canberra to return. Yes. Which would be great. Absolutely great.
1: And I kind of hope they go down the same path as they did with Tassie and kind of use something, some sort of uh, fauna that is native to the ACT. So the Canberra gang gang cockatoos.
0: (laughs) Okay, Yep, it's a real team. Yep,
1: don't need the cannons. Well, yeah, I mean the cannons. Obviously, you know
0: me. Of course, I'm going to say stick with the history. But yeah,
1: let's go, gang, gang, cockatoos,
0: gang, gang. Well, it can't be worse than Jack Jumpers, can it? So it's one step above,
1: thousand times better. (laughs) So we shall see. The Canberra
0: cocks—they'd be shortened too, then, obviously. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the cockies.
1: Yeah, Yeah, okay. Basically, it's all going to come down to the facilities. Larry Kesselman is serious about it, but they need better facilities. That's The long and short of it, really.
0: So a couple of talking points from AFL this week. But first things first, I wanted to clarify something I mentioned. So in episode 95, we talked about the Buddy Thousand with Alex, and I talked about 1993. I wanted to actually tell the the proper stats. So I said that in 1993, there were three blokes that kicked around 130 goals. I've got the numbers here. Tony Modra, 129. Gary Ablett Sr., 124. Jason Dunstall, 123. So they were all very close. Not bad. And then going down the list, so you got Suma with seventy-six, Longmire seventy-five, Savrocker would have been a very young Savrocker, seventy-three. Just the list goes on and on. A young Alastair Lynch or youngish Alastair Lynch, sixty-eight. There are a few blokes on sixty-eight. So, geez, fifteen blokes before you get under fifty goals. It it's like, a different it's time. Like three
1: last year. Probably. It was a
0: different time. It yes. Really was. Yes. Fifty will win you the Coleman these days. Mm. Anyway.
1: So we won't really go into the actual games themselves so much. We'll talk a little bit about a couple of the umpiring decisions. Yeah, Obviously, a bit a more broad this week. Huge, huge thing coming from off the field as well. But it has to be mentioned, the Melbourne and Port game that I, I spoke about before, geez, it shows you how far apart those two sides are. The D's the only undefeated side, Port the only winless side at yes, the moment. Yes, yes, yeah,
0: Extending the, the letter.
1: Yeah, the Bombers and Crows playing a classic. Hawthorne and Carlton came back to earth with a thud. And both WA sides were surprisingly
0: good. Yeah. Oh, the Eagles. That was a massive win. Mm. Massive.
1: So, yeah, look, we'll get into obviously the biggest news.
0: Gillan McLaughlin. Absolutely. Stepping down. And what a tremendous job he's done. The rumours were that he was thinking of leaving before the pandemic hit. So credit to him for sticking around and ushering the league through a pretty difficult time. Obviously, they were in a better position than many other leagues were, like the NBL or the A-League, for example. But it was still a very difficult time. We had hubs. We've had a grand final in two different states other than Victoria. All sorts of shit happening. AFLW. Now, we didn't really talk. I didn't even get to see the grand final in the end. It started so bloody early. Mm. We we had the best of intentions. I didn't get to watch it. So congratulations to the Crows for winning the AFLW grand final as well, of course. Erin Phillips. They'll be naming medals after her when she retires. Oh, they
1: need to put a statue out the front.
0: Yeah. The rumor is she's going to go down to port. They nearly have the full complement of teams in the women's now to go along with the men's. So those last few teams are slowly coming into the league. So, yeah, look. Great job. Was in the in the role for nearly a decade, eight years. I think it was teared up in his press conference. Mm -hmm. So clearly, I mean, hey, work is a big part of your life, isn't it? So you make a lot of friendships and by all accounts, he was a pretty good guy too, so...
1: And look, still a lot of work for him to do. He's still got to get through the new collective bargaining agreement for the men and the women. Well, he doesn't
0: have to. Well, yeah, but he will. It'll lay the table for the next person coming in, so...
1: And, and there's also the new broadcast deal that he's, he's going to be working on. Yeah. I must admit, when I did hear this, the first name that came to my mind was Brendan Gale. Yeah, definitely. That was the... What he's
0: done at Richmond is... The Very impressive. first thing. Yeah.
1: But there has also been a rumour about Kylie Watson-Wheeler, who is the president of the Western Bulldogs, so... Either way, I think they're going to get a very, very impressive new CEO, regardless of which way they go.
0: Big shoes to fill, though. Absolutely. Controversies. Where do we start? <sighs> I mean, we'll stand. <sighs> we'll stand. We'll stand with the stand rule. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Oh, God. Oh, I mean, we were never a big fan of this rule in the first place, I, were we?
1: I said right from the start, this rule was shit. Yeah. And it continues to prove my point every week.
0: And the doggies. So they've developed this tactic where they don't have someone manning the mark and they have them run backwards because they don't feel like the person on the mark is an active defender. No, and they're not. Yeah. But they're getting pinged for running backwards. Geez, some of those free kicks against were pretty rough.
1: Well, let's go through the two most important ones, I guess, in terms of trying to prove our point here. So Jason Castagna takes a mark for Richmond. After being called to stand, Bailey Williams starts backtracking towards the 50-metre mark. Whistle, 50-metre penalty. Yeah,
0: yeah, very quick. Very quick.
1: Now, the whole point of this rule is to speed the game up. So penalising a guy for vacating the mark seems like an absolute joke.
0: It, it's bizarre. Yes, you're right. Because as yeah. soon
1: as he runs away from that, well, guess what? Castania can now do, Run whatever, it. do yeah, whatever he yeah. wants. Yeah, you can take a bounce. It's going to speed the game up. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this one is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And then the second one, Dion Prestia takes a mark, feigns a hand pass. Aaron Norton moves off the mark slightly, whistle, 50 meter penalty.
0: Yep. And I've always been a big proponent of if someone even fakes a hand pass, they've played on, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Even if it's a fake. So
1: I, I agree entirely. I mean, yeah. how, how are guys supposed to defend if a guy can fake a hand pass or shape to play on? Yep. And the guy can't do anything? But you're encouraging guys to fake or try and milk
0: a 50, basically, by doing this. That's exactly what it is. It's trying to milk a 50. And
1: it's a dangerous spot to be in. It's the equivalent of jumping into a player in basketball and trying to draw a foul. It's the same sort of thing. And it's a massive penalty. If you're anywhere forward of centre-half back, you're you're giving them a shot on goal. And these players are good enough to to nail those shots. And there was
0: a very generous 50 in that geelong Brisbane game, too. So if the umpire gives them 70 rather than 50...
1: Even 60? I mean, yeah, geez, it's, like, it's huge. Yeah.
0: It's huge. Yeah.
1: For me personally, and I've probably said this before, moving backwards should not matter.
0: No, I agree with that.
1: Moving sideways should not matter.
0: I agree with that too. Moving
1: forwards is the only way the defender gains any sort of advantage. So I'm sorry, AFL, you've done a lot of good stuff, but you've fucked
0: this up. There's, there's some weird things in the AFL. Being able to play on from out of bounds, Yep, it should be out of bounds. Yeah. There's some weird stuff that there, goes on. There really is. Yeah.
1: Then we come to the other one, the Tom Hawkins push in the back against Harris Andrews,
0: or lack thereof,
1: or lack thereof. Yep, and this one's under the microscope because it's a three-point game. There's seven minutes left. The non-call results in a goal for Hawkins,
0: and it was a good game of footy. We both had Brisbane in our tips. We didn't did. We, we did. Do oh, we bring up tips?
1: Four out of nine. Move on.
0: <laughs> well, we haven't talked about it for a few weeks. So I've alternated seven five seven five. So I'm on twenty four for the year. Oh God,
1: I think I've I think I went five five four or something. Oh was, dear! I'm just having a shit year.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a long way to go. It's what I do. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. yeah. As we know. Yeah.
1: From <laughs> <laughs> I'm a coming for you. <laughs> oh dear. But no, look. Going back to this one. I mean, there's huge consequences for this sort of thing. I mean, I'm not saying it directly decided the game, but in a lowish scoring game, lowish being sort of seventies, eighties. That was the last goal kicked in the game.
0: Yeah, shot on goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were
1: no yeah. goals in the last seven minutes of the game. Yep. So four points for two teams that are jockeying for a top four position. Um, Absolutely massive. Guys lose their jobs over this sort of thing. So it is frustrating.
0: Hands in the back is a rule. Enforce it.
1: Yep. It's really, really simple. And, you know, if that guy is maybe not in the best position, because his exact words were, You were moving forward, your momentum took you forward. Right. Maybe not his exact words, but yeah, but yeah, there or thereabouts.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. If he can't see because of the position he's in, you've got to give more power to some of the other umpires, whether it be the boundary umpires, whether it be even the goal umpires, heaven forbid. You know, give these, yeah. I I
0: have wondered if boundary umpires should have more power. They should, yeah, yeah.
1: They're umpires for a reason. So, Yeah. yeah, disappointing. Something that wasn't disappointing, though, not for you. For yep. Collingwood fans, it was. I'm wearing the Eagle shirt. Ah, yes,
0: you are too. Yeah, indeed. Yep. Look, inspiring win. Huge. Hey, absolutely. Very impressive.
1: Away from home.
0: Very impressive. Yeah, yep. Hey, I what, guess Collingwood, yeah, yeah. Collingwood's yeah not, not an easy fixture.
1: And when you consider the amount of changes, another 12 this week after 14 the week before, that actually left West Coast without a single player who had played more than six consecutive matches. And the only guy with more than four is Luke Foley, a guy who'd played a grand total, of eleven AFL
0: it's games. It's outrageous.
1: It's crazy. To put into perspective how crazy this is, and massive, massive shout out to Sir Swamp Thing for coming up with this one. The last time any VFL AFL team didn't have a player with more than six consecutive games on their team was round six of eighteen ninety seven.
0: Yeah. So we we started talking before we hit record, and I thought, oh what? Maybe in World War Two. this <laughs> yeah. Predates World War One. It does. Oh, my goodness.
1: That was the very first year of the VFL. So it was impossible for any of the eight teams to have someone play more than six games. Crazy. So just, yeah, it's really hard to, to fathom just how messed up this is. To put it into perspective even more, 11 of the 18 teams in the league have a player with at least 50 consecutive games. And aside from West Coast, only Fremantle and GWS, so Travis Collier, has 27 consecutive, Tim Taranto, 39, they're the only two other teams that don't have at least a 40 consecutive games player on their squad.
0: It makes an impressive win even more impressive.
1: And then it's soured because Nick Nat's done ligament damage to his medial ligament in his knee and is probably going to be out for most of the season.
0: A couple of other things. Well, I guess it's in the vein of the stand rule. What the hell is going on with the Tribunal? No idea. Paddy Ryder got done for two weeks for something that to me was... Four or five at least. <laughs> for no. something that was less... Of an offence than the Willy Rioli thing, where he got nothing.
1: Don't don't drag Willie into this. Well,
0: it could have been anyone. It just happened Lost to it. be. It just happened to be that that case.
1: It's a free kick. That's it.
0: I, I again, this is. I know it's your major concern. Yep. It's the old outcome dictates punishment yep. situation. Absolutely. And I can't remember who it was. Was it Brad Johnson or someone said basically now you can't brace in the AFL. Correct. Because you get done.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. Crazy. It's been crazy.
0: Finally, a wag of the finger to Harry Mackay. Like, no, it's not soccer. Don't go down like someone shot you. That was ridiculous. He rightly got a fine. I don't want to see that shit.
1: You Ma- know, Mabuchel should have got two
0: weeks. <laughs> well, going on the form For line. bracing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, kick your game up AFL.
0: Yeah, no, shit ass.
1: And now, this week in sport history. April the 12th, 2013, and the New York Yankees turned one of the more complicated triple plays in MLB history. I'm trying to keep up with me on this one. With runners on first and second base in the top of the eighth inning, Baltimore Orioles batter Manny Machado hit a sharp one hopper at a Yankee second baseman, Robinson Cano. Cano fielded the ball and threw to shortstop Jason Nix, which forced base runner Nick Markakis for the first out. Now to explain this, because Machado was heading to first base, the runners on first and second had to run, but Nix tagged second base, thus forcing Markakis out. Now instead of throwing to first base for a routine double play, Nix opted to throw to third baseman Kevin Uchilis, catching base runner Alexi Casilla between second and third. Uchilis chased Casilla back towards second and threw to Nix, who returned the throw to Uchilis, who tagged Casilla for the second out. See what I mean? Confusing.
0: Oh, it's, it's great to watch though. I can encourage people to seek it.
1: Ukeles then threw to first baseman Lyle Overbay, catching Machado in a rundown between first and second. Overbay threw back to Cano, who tagged Machado, sliding into second base for the third out. The play was scored 4-6, 5-6, 5-3-4 in honour of the numbers of each position of the players that fielded the ball. The first time in Major League history a play of that kind had happened and probably the only time it ever will. It is very much worth looking for on YouTube. It is ridiculous. And the Yankees won the game 5-2. to two.
0: To follow the baseball lead, obviously the season started very recently. April 15, 1947, Jackie Robinson became the first African-American to play Major League Baseball, breaking what was known as the baseball colour line when he suited up for the Brooklyn Dodgers at first base. Dodgers manager Branch Rickey told Robinson when he signed him, I need a player who has the guts not to fight back, presumably expecting there to be race-related issues. He was right. Robinson was harassed by fans and constantly had the ball thrown at him by opposing teams, some of whom threatened to strike if the league allowed Robinson to play. Thankfully, National League President Ford Frick and Commissioner Happy Chandler, awesome names, great hey? names, stood up for Robinson, informing players that they would be suspended if they did in fact strike. In his first game, Robinson reached base on an error in the seventh innings and scored the go-ahead run in a 5-3 win over the Boston Braves. He went on to win the first ever Rookie of the Year at age 28 or 29, if I'm not mistaken, and finished fifth in MVP voting with 12 home runs, 48 RBIs, 175 hits, a .297 batting average, and he also led the league with 29 stolen bases. On top of his Rookie of the Year award, over his career, he was an All-Star six times, the 1949 MVP, a 1955 World Series champion, and of course, a first ballot Hall of Famer. To commemorate all he did for breaking down the walls for African-American athletes, each team wears number 42 on the 15th of April each year to celebrate Jackie Robinson Day, this year, the 75th anniversary. Mm
1: -hmm. And April 17th, 1976, it's all baseball this week!
0: Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) like we said.
1: One of the greatest National League comebacks ever. At the bottom of the third inning, the Philadelphia Phillies trailed the Chicago Cubs 12-1 to before rallying to win the game 18-16 in 10 innings at Wrigley Field. The Phillies were still behind 13-4 going into the 7th inning before scoring 3-5-3 and three in the 7th, 8th and 9th to tie the game before piling on another 3 in the 10th for the win. At 1-3 coming into the game, the Phillies' struggles were highlighted by two-time defending National League home run king Mike Schmidt. He had just one home run and was hitting a woeful 167 with nine strikeouts from 18 at-bats. He'd also sustained a finger injury in Montreal a few days earlier and was struggling to even grip the bat. So he borrowed teammate Tony Taylor's bat, which was shorter and lighter, and he unloaded in the 5th, 7th, 8th, and 10th innings with four home runs in four consecutive at-bats. This was just the 11th four-home run game in Major League history and joined Bobby Lowe in 1894, Lou Gehrig in 1932, and Rocky Colavito in 1959 as the only players to hit four consecutive homers. At the same time, his batting average went from 167 <laughs> to 333. Insane. <laughs> Nearly doubled. The Phillies would go on a run and at one point were 81 and 39 before finishing the season 101 and 61 before losing 3 0 to the eventual champion Cincinnati Reds, who went undefeated in the postseason. No mean hmm This week in sport history
0: cricket. IPL started, we won't talk about it too much. Have you had a chance to watch any? No. Yeah, (laughs) me neither. Couldn't be... I haven't sorted out. Couldn't
1: couldn't be less interesting. Yeah,
0: me too. Higher priorities.
1: One, One really cool thing, though, and I know you were excited about this. Ravi Ashman became the first player in IPL history to retire. Not retire hurt, but actually retire.
0: Yes, retire out. Out, yes. Yeah, and I literally have been calling for this since the very first iteration of the IPL because I remember, and look, I understand why. But I remember the local players would often open and they might even the internationals might not even come into a four or five. And there'd be these young blokes that would just have a really bad strike rate, chew up, a few chew up yeah. far too many deliveries. And I thought, well, why wouldn't you just say, all right, mate, you had your turn. I want to go and send in Scott Styrus or Scott's whoever it is, whoever you're.
1: I just well, want to okay, current, I, current Pat Cummins,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was like, I was trying to think of someone who wasn't Aussie just just for a bit of variety. I mean, like, Brendan, Ross Taylor, Brendan McCullum would have Well, been. he opened, he opened, okay, fine, he opened. But like, you know, I want to send in Ross Taylor or I want to send in A.B. Villiers or whoever it might have been. Sir
1: Garfield's so Garfield sobers <laughs> going back that far, but really, yeah, cool to see. He decided 28 off 23, he's not cutting it, yep, completes a single and just bolts off and lets re unpurpose. Parag joined uh, Shimon Hetmeyer at the crease. Oh, and Hetmeyer went bang. He, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of worked. Parag made eight off
0: four. But, well, they won. Uh,
1: but ultimately, they made 30 off the last 10 balls and they yeah. won by three runs. So, yep. probably a stroke of genius, really.
0: Yep. So, yeah. So, everyone's patting him on the back. I'm just surprised it took this long. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it would be something that would come into the T20 game a lot earlier than what it did.
1: He's an innovator, is Ravi Ashman. He's a, a mad man-catter. So, he's... <laughs> He's, it's, yes. he's good enough. He's a thinker. He's good enough. Yeah,
0: novels. that's right. He's a, a progressive cricket player. Hmm. Now, something not progressive. You have a horrible story.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. It, it, it comes out of a podcast that went through fairly recently from one of the IPL sides. I think it was the Bangalore side. It's about the mistreatment of Yosvendra Chahal, and it is disturbing to say the least. So there were two instances that I've heard of. In 2013, he's with the Mumbai Indians. They're playing in Bangalore and after the game, they're partying. They've kind of had a win. Everything's all good. And one of the players got quite drunk and actually dangled Chahal over the balcony like 15 floors up at this hotel. But Chahal's actually grabbed him around the neck, basically knowing if he lets go, he's going to fall to his death. And as if that's not horrific enough. Oh,
0: Jesus. There's
1: also been an allegation that in 2011, Kiwi James Franklin and Aussie Andrew Simons got drunk after winning this Champions League final. And they tied Chahal up taped his mouth shut, and then just forgot about him all night until a cleaner found him the next morning. It's ridiculous. Like he's not going to name names over the balcony incident, which, quite frankly, I disagree with. Whoever it is, whether it's Franklin, Simons, anyone else for that matter, that person does not deserve to be protected.
0: I find it weird that you would name... Well, that, that suggests to me that maybe it's a compatriot because mm-hmm. he's maybe named the internationals. They should all be named. It's all terrible. Absolutely. But they've given him the, the groom treatment. For a bucks,
1: they basically. have, yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, it's yeah, yeah it's disgusting. It I, is, it's not good.
1: And look, if the name comes out, we would very much welcome mentioning it because, yeah, it's, it's just it's disgusting. I mean, it is, you're talking about potentially killing a guy.
0: Oh, unbelievable.
1: Hmm. I suppose the only other thing really going on at the moment is the new coach of the Australian cricket side, Ronald. And probably, yeah, no big surprise. A four year deal for Andrew McDonald. Yep. It's, uh, well, four years or at least until someone decides they don't want him there anymore. But uh, no, look, really key quote for me from Pat Cummins, the boys absolutely love him. So he's clearly a player's coach. He's 40 years old, so he's a lot closer in age to a lot of these guys. And it doesn't hurt that he's Victorian. (laughs) But no, look, honestly, congratulations to Andrew McDonald. All jokes aside, I think he will be very good for the side. and Yeah, hopefully they can just get back to being decent-ish blokes again
0: no bitterness about JL here none JL will probably lead a english side to the next ashes win i hope so he probably will yep so there you go
1: come on england
0: all right stewie you know what that music means what do you have for
1: i mean obviously the nba playoff's properly starting it's, I, I just, I hate saying it, but the play-in has me extra pumped. Oh, you yeah, well, you yeah, know, we're close. Hmm, we are. South East Melbourne Phoenix and the Tassie Jackjumpers on Sunday in the NBL is massive for Tassie. And the AFL, not looking overly appealing for a second straight week, but I am intrigued by St Kilda and Gold Coast after what happened last week. How about yourself, mate?
0: Well, after the Wildcats tomorrow night, so that'll be a lot of fun because yeah, you have a so. friend from work, so thanks to him. I know he listens. Until next week, I'm Nate And I'm Stu. We are the Sport Blokes.